And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Friends Church. So great to see you all masked up. Regardless, it's so great to see you. Um, look, at I want to just make you aware of some things that are coming up. I mean, it's been a year and a half of very little kind of community activity. Uh, we've been watching online. Most of us have been hunkered down. And though uh, there's masks and new restrictions out right now, um, until restrictions keep us from going, coming together and meeting, we're full steam ahead. We're going to do this until... AHS says it's not a good idea, and then we'll shift. But beginning next week, we're throwing on a big community lunch, and weather providing, we're going to do it out in the park. So we'll have a barbecue set up out here. Everyone's welcome. Invite a friend, invite family. Come on out. It'll follow the service. So we'll do the service, and then afterwards we'll kind of head over, and uh, there'll be like some incredible stuff for the kids out in the park. A um, bunch of different games. It'll just be a great opportunity to meet some other people. We'll just be introducing people that want to be introduced. And uh, if you want to just come out and grab a burger and hang out, there'll be veggie options. What else do you need to know? And it's a suggested donation, five bucks per person. Um, we don't want anyone being turned away. So it's not a mandatory thing. If someone wants to give 50 bucks, we won't turn it away. Okay, that'll work too. <laughs> Um, we need some barbecuers. We need a little bit of help pulling it off too. So if you're going to be here anyways and you want to jump in and lend a hand, uh, would you come and see me right after the service? Uh, we need two barbecuers and then a few set-up people. So I'd love to explain more about that. Just come and see me after. Following week, we're doing the River Pathway cleanup. This is something we've been a part of for, I think, eight years. We've been cleaning the same stretch right along the Bow River pathway river between Crowchild Trail and 14th Street. Over the years, we've made an amazing impact on that area. I remember the, some of the first years, the amount of garbage we pulled out of there was historic. But every year, it's less and less and less. Last year got canceled because of COVID, so we've got to probably have a little bit more work ahead of us. But it's beautiful being able to walk that pathway. If you know where the... Um, Pump House Theater is. It's all back in there. And to walk through there and see how clean it is, you know, that's because of an afternoon that we give once a year. So if you'd like to join us, it's easy. Just wear your grubbies. We'll do it at 12.30 down there. The details you can find on our website under events. The last thing I'll mention is we're trying to make this into a small town feel. We uh, run and gun. A lot of people within our community are kind of allergic to traditional church. That's just, it is what it is. And so we come in a little bit skeptical, a little bit concerned. Someone's going to mob us or whatever. And so we sit kind of to ourselves. That at least is how it starts. But over time, there's something beautiful when we become kind of like a small town feel where we know names, we can connect to whatever degree that we want. That's what we want to do. So one big effort that we're launching this fall is groups, community groups whole bunch of different kinds. You can go online, friendschurch.ca forward slash groups to see a number of the different groups that are available. Get signed up. They're launching this fall. Um, next week, a number of our community leaders will be there. So you can ask questions. You can meet them in person, different people that are leading these different groups. And if there's a fit, we hope you'll jump in. Our hope is that 
this year will be, you know, we're not trying to replace your life or your family, a new social environment where you have to let go of all your old friends. That's not what we're into. But it, it does feel great when you can walk into a place and not feel like a stranger. And even to the degree that you're journeying, it's nice to have other people that are asking similar questions, that are wrestling with similar things. That's what we want to do is create an environment where people can connect in that way to the degree that they want. All right? You can easily opt in or opt out. All right, that's all I've got to say. We're in for a good morning. Trevor, I want to invite... Uh, no, we got one song before we go. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, this is great. So typically, pre-COVID, we were part, as a community, we would rally a bunch of volunteers and head out, volunteer at Pride, the big Pride March. We'd hand out water. We'd do a bunch of different things. Show our support and, and love for that community. And many within our community are part of that. And so last year we got skunked because it was COVID. Uh, this year, it's still, it's a weird kind of arrangement, but we thought we'd pay tribute to um, all our friends and family who are part of the LGBT, LGBTQ community. So, Al Sander is going to perform a song here. <laughs> ah, what an awesome song. Thanks, guys. Uh, my name's Trevor. I'm part of a teaching team. As excited as Jeff was to get me up here a little bit earlier, the song was really worth waiting for, I think. But if you wanted to see my true colors, if any of you were on a plane to Toronto mid-July and you heard someone go, yippee, that was me. We were finally leaving the province for the first time in a year and a half, and so I get a real thrill, in fact, joy out of traveling. I hope you found some joy this summer. Whatever that is for you, I hope you found time, regardless of the craziness of the circumstances, to, to yippee and in the crowd. And, People had masks on, so they didn't really know it was me. There's some benefits to masks, some anonymity. I just start with a quick question today. Um, probably want to roll your shoulders a little bit for this one. Why are you here this morning? Now, I don't mean this place and time in the universe sort of question. Those are good and fun to answer. But now, why'd you come to the spiritual gym this morning? Or if you're online, why did you log in online? What'd you want to watch? Maybe you've been someone who always goes to church on Sunday, so you're like, ah, it's Sunday, it's time to go. Not a lot of thought. But maybe you're new, or as Emily was saying, they're just sort of new and they're exploring the spiritual church, so maybe the safety of home really came and was a great thought process for you. Maybe there was a really heated discussion before you came here, that's code for argument, about whether you're coming or not, whether you're even going to church. But why did you come to the spiritual gym this morning? Now, if you had asked me, I had a good, quick answer. I volunteered to speak, so I should be here, right? Because otherwise, Vince or Jeff has to give my message, and those can be a little bit awkward. But, you know, you might ask, well, why did you want to do that? And I would say, I really believe in Friends Church. Like, I believe in, in what it's about, and I want to lend my skills. And then you might ask, well, why do you want to do that? And then you're getting closer to what I value. See, I value learning so I can share with others to avoid some of the pitfalls I've encountered. Remember that for later. <laughs> and now you might say, ah, I think I get what Trevor's asking me. He said, why was I motivated to come to the spiritual gym? Or why am I tuning in online? Now, if you could come up with a good coherent answer in this little short period of time, if I had a hat, it would be off to you. 
because I had time to work on this message and I had to craft that down. It was like really hard to think, well, why do I do this? Like, this is, this is pretty time consuming. Like, what am I doing this for? And it led me to a really simple question. Why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? Why are you with your partner? Why do you work where you work? Why do you exercise? Why do you live in Calgary or wherever you're tuning in from? Why do you do what you do? Have you given this much thought? Like, I hadn't. <laughs> and you're going to see that really quickly about why I do what I do and then why that causes me to act certain ways. And that lack of thought, it has led me to some dark places. I need you to take you back to high school. I was dating a girl for about a year. We had fun together, she was smart, she laughed at my jokes. And I cheated on her. That's not a story you get to hear when you just meet me. I hope you can see I'm really not excited to share it with you this morning. And I can still very much feel it. Why did I do it? Why do I do what I do? Because I keep not doing the things I should and I do things I shouldn't. Like, why would I cheat on my girlfriend? Why did I do something I shouldn't? I'm not defending, I'm not justifying anything this morning. The quote that I read from the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, I bet you something like that happened to him, and kindly he couldn't figure out why either. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But in talking to some really close friends, this ugly moment for me raised some ugly moments for them. That question of why I did it, why did we do it? I want you to think for a moment. It probably is not very hard to find it. Why did you do it? That thing that you want desperately to hide that maybe destroyed a relationship, maybe tore apart a family. Maybe it's even still wrecking havoc today. What is that? It's not something you talk about. It's not probably something you ever think about. It feels like I might be trying to beat you up this morning. I'm not, I'm not. but I am getting you to think about it. And why do I want you to do that? Because is it at least possible that if we think about this, if we knew why we did it, what might that awareness allow for each of us to do? When might that awareness behind those dark moments, could it help prevent it in the future? 
you know, I feel there's kind of one way out of this non-congruent behavior. It's a nice medical, psychological term. I just pulled that one out. And maybe it's haunted us for our whole lives. But if we think about the why and bring that reasons to the surface, I think we have a chance to help me, to help us, and maybe allow us to sidestep it in the future. Because I got to tell you, when I think about it, there's just shame. There's just shame there. For me to think of myself as someone, oh, I cheat, and then attempt to cover it up, that's, that's not me in the world. That's not how I want to be. That's not how I want people to know me. Do you have that moment? A piece of you, because it's us, we're the ones who did it, that when you hold it up, you say, oh, that's not, that's not me, that's not me. But it is. But if you spend some time considering, why did it happen? I'm not very good at answering that. Can I say with confidence, I'm not very good at answering that? Because I, I look at my history, and it seems very strange, but my history with weight gain seems related to that same issue. See, I like food, and I don't know where the off button is. I've never been able to find it. I've pressed lots of different places. And I've come to understand about my battles in the past with weight. I'm really very comfortable stocking my pantry up with goodies and then moving to my couch to the pantry to go get those goodies. Now, just so you're wondering, goodies is not code for vegetables. If only it was. No, it's junk food. It's, it's potato chips and chocolate and ice cream it's, and junk. And so as long as I stock my pantry and I continue to walk there, in the not-so-distant past, I ballooned up to 309 pounds. And at 309 pounds, you know there's something terrible. You can't hide your shame anymore. And did that happen to you? Did the thing that thought you thought maybe it's going to go away, no one's going to find out about this, and it comes out? Shame public. My cheating came out at a party. At 309 pounds, I couldn't conceal it anymore. And so I asked myself, like, why did I cheat? Why was I eating junk food all the time? Like, one moment of pleasure, but boy, that's not a good choice. It's heavy. When we sit with it, it's heavy. So what do we do with this? I'm really glad you asked. Because I've got a role model, and I'm sure many of you are thinking you know who this might be. Who's my role model? Oh, okay, does everybody know who this is? Okay, this is Ebenezer Scrooge, Alistair Stim's classic, My Christmas Carol, everything else. It was about 50-50. I just thought everybody knew this. You probably all thought I was going to pick Jesus, didn't you? It was like, oh, he's going to get Jesus out here. But no, I'm going with Scrooge. And I really, really like this character. He's a Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens' piece. And he does exist in our public consciousness. The other figure I could have used was Scrooge McDuck. And we all would have known Scrooge McDuck. But I went with this one. But why did I say we have a role model? Like, how are we going to use this guy to help us get through our why and get out of it? Well, we're looking for a lesson today. And we can see how challenging it is to look at our past choices through his eyes, through this character. 
it seems to take even more effort to really consider, why did we make that choice? Like, what's going on? Because here's the funny thing. When we start the story of A Christmas Carol, it starts with Ebenezer Scrooge being very comfortable with who he is in his life and all the decisions he's making. And if you asked him, why are you doing what you're doing? He would say, money. If it's going to bring me wealth, I'll do it. If it's not going to bring me wealth, I won't. Very comfortable. And as you know, a humbug to anyone who would say anything different, correct? This is his character. But what makes him interesting and why he's a role model for us is he was lying to himself. He was lying. He would have told us, convinced, oh, money's my only motivator. Ah, it's my truest why. It's why I do everything. But then we take him back to look into his past. We look at those past choices, and it's not what's going on. I'm back at that party where the cheating came out, and, oh, go back to your moment. Go back to that piece that you're holding in yourself and saying, is that really me? Do I look at this? Why did I do it? That part that wrecked relationships, that's causing havoc. Why did I do it? I'm not asking about the circumstances. The money was there. You lost track of how many drinks you had. Your girlfriend was out of town. What was the motivation at that moment? See, we take Ebenezer back and we go through this moment and we go back to one of his most painful ones. It's the one where his fiancée is giving him back her wedding ring. And she said, no, you gave this to me a long time ago, but you don't love me anymore. This isn't you. I've seen your nobler aspirations, she says, fall off one by one until the master passion wealth engrosses you. Have I not? And there's two people watching this. There's the present present-day Ebenezer who's looking at his past self and it's killing him. And the past self just this slips past. Mere hours before, I think Ebenezer would have said something exactly like that. My master passion is wealth. This is what I believe in. And yet watching it play out and the havoc erect on his life, he's like, no. This is one of his deepest moments of pain because it's not true. Maybe better said, it's not entirely true. In that moment of reflection, when he's looking back at just that moment, I'm not a man just interested in wealthy finds. I want more from life. There are other passions that I want to govern my life. Reflect back on your moment. And can I suggest, just like Ebenezer, I think this is worth the pain of considering what passion was governing your life in that moment. Was it pleasure? Was it peer pressure? Was it wealth? Was it anger? What passion was out of control? Now, no surprise, you would say, oh, Trevor, you cheated because you felt pleasure. Oh, wow, that's a good insight. Oh, no. I didn't ever bring that conscious. Because looking back, nowhere did any other thought process come up. Nowhere did it say, well, hold on, if you do this, you're going to wreck a lot of things here. And you're going to bring, like, shame for a long time. This is a terrible deal. Like, don't do it, right? Don't do it. But I never thought. And as I think back, even it's wanted to remain hidden. I didn't want to bring this forward. 
Ebenezer's former love speaks right into his life, how his passion's wrecking him, how that's still running his life. It was punishing him, and he hadn't thought about it until the ghost took him back to that moment and said, look, look. Like immediate pressure, surprise, surprise, can still wreck havoc in my life. I'm still looking for the on switch. If someone knows, you tell me afterwards in terms of where the food button is. And so it's very easy for me to put on weight. I like to believe the scale lies. I don't know if you have one of those lying scales, but I do. And every week when I'm not kind of almost zealous, it goes up. But when I think again, I'm like, that's just the unexamined past having consequences on my present and future. And as we look at our past, where our past passions are still causing us shame, is there some root issues there? Is there some learning? Because if we miss them or we don't see them, it's really, it's not hard to see what the future consequences are. Like, it's not really that hard. One of the things that always surprised me the most about A Christmas Carol is when Ebenezer goes into the future, and you see the part where he's dead, and they're stripping his home. They're taking his clothes off a dead body. They're taking his curtains. And one of the people who's robbing him says, well, if someone, if he would have had anyone to look after him, well, then when he was struck by death, instead of lying gasping out there alone by himself. And Ebenezer's watching this, and he's surprised. Like, he has literally pushed everyone out of his life, everywhere. And somehow he didn't think he'd die alone? Like, it's so obviously the outcome of every one of his choices. And yet he never saw it. I don't think he thought about it. I don't think he thought about it. When I let my hidden motivator run unquestioned in my life, that desire for immediate gratification, you know what? It wants to stay hidden. It, it doesn't want to come out. Because as soon as it, I look at it, I'm like, well, that's stupid. I should do something different. Mm-mm, don't think. Just give me another chocolate bar. Doesn't work. You guys have heard the term the COVID-15? Remember when you put on 15 pounds because we were... The only thing to do for entertainment at the start of COVID was go to the pantry. Oh, sorry, that was me. Well, I was a leader on this one because I put on 15 pounds in like six weeks. That's fast. Now, all I had to do at any point during those six weeks was just take a moment and think, huh, multiple trips for junk food each day will equal immediate pleasure satisfied, but it's just going to be shame afterwards. But I never thought. Because if I thought it, you can see how easy it is to just to project it forward and say, oh, I can see the consequences. You know, as I look at A Christmas Carol, we don't probably need a series of ghosts to visit us. Ebenezer himself wonders if it's a dream, and you could have a series of ghosts visit you just by spending a little bit of time thinking, why did we do that? But we don't... I don't want to spend time thinking about why I do what I do. This is the Apostle Paul. Why did I do that? Because I keep doing the things I should, I shouldn't, or, or should, and do the things I shouldn't. 
this is one of our great spiritual teachers. And what they're saying is this is tough work. This is tough work. But I think it's in the Bible for a reason. I think it's there to give us courage to say, we can do this tough work. We can look back at bad choices, maybe ongoing ones, and just say, I can learn. I can learn. And could it help us push through the shame to bring the hidden to light? After quickly putting on the COVID-15, I thought, well, this, is, this just can't stay hidden. You are looking at the chart that is currently in my spare room and gets updated every week. On the top is my weight, which I've been tracking now since April last year. It's on a decent trajectory. You can see that there's been some ups and downs. On the bottom is Trevor must walk a certain amount of steps every day. And you can see I got up to a point and we just kept that going. And every Wednesday, whether I want to or not, I step on the scale. I no longer believe my scale is lying when it doesn't say what I want it to. I think back to the week and say, that's how you got here, but what are we going to do now? Thank goodness on this one, I caught this quicker than ever before, ever before. It didn't get so out of crazy. I cheated once in a relationship. Not again, no way because that carnage was terrible. Instant pleasure, it has caused havoc in my life. It's caused me lots of shame. But can we have the courage to think what's underneath? Can we have the courage to just think, why do we make these decisions? And if we could learn from them, would that be helpful as we go forward? the desire to just make better choices in the future. <laughs> Remember that terrible moment I asked you about at the beginning, the one that you don't want anyone to know about? What if I told you it's a gold mine? What if I told you it's a gold mine? That if we spend some time examining that, if we bring the underlying reasons that want to stay hidden to light, which thanks for the lighting cue, if we could face them with just a little bit less shame, but a sincere desire to learn, I think we have some chance to make better choices in the future, like pass to better choices. Oh my goodness, does that ever sound nice? If we can make better choices in the future, all of us, myself included, what would that do to the world around us? What would that do for us and all those people who are impacted by us, those ripples that Alessandra was saying out. Because if we can make better choices, I think we can make our world just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. And that's my prayer for all of us today, to have the courage just to look at the past, move some of the shame aside and say, oh, what can I learn? What can I learn so I don't fall victim to this again? It's a tough road. I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible. I was sharing this message, um, and the band had uh, said, oh, well, if you're going to use Scrooge, do we ever have another Canadian 
who we think actually in a song has this message exactly right. And they said, can we play it to finish this off? And I said, yeah, I think this is exactly what I'd like us to go away with today. Exactly what I'd like us to go. So, Alessandra? Alessandra?